Hello everyone and welcome to Snatched, a Gay Times original podcast. Each week we'll be reviewing the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2, dissecting all of the drama and kaflama, and speaking exclusively with the latest eliminating queen. My name is Sam Damshness and I am the associate editor of Gay Times. Girl, don't you dare undersell yourself. You are the drag race editor, the drag race extraordinaire. I mean, Miss Reddit, Miss Encyclopedia, Miss Wikipedia, they ain't got nothing on you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that gorgeous voice you've just heard there is Umar Sawa, our fashion editor at Gay Times, who has styled many a queen for the pages of our magazine and will be giving his critiques on the week's looks, along with plenty more tea, most likely. Umar, are you ready to get into the nitty and gritty of it all? I mean, I'm ready. Are you ready? Oh, oh, oh I'm ready. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. On this week's episode, the Queen's sewing and fashion skills were put to the test, as well as their friendships, when they were pitted against each other in a design challenge called Who Wore It Best? Umar, this is your challenge, right? Oh, I mean, you know I have a passion for fashion and I would walk a mile for that style. So yes, I was very much in my element, loved to see it. Um, love the creativity, the visions, the textures, all of that good stuff. How did you find your little foray into the fashion world? Foray into the fashion world? Can you um, can you just explain what that means? Because it sounds a bit like you're reading me. <laughs> oh, honey, I would never. I would never. If you're picking that up, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked this challenge. Um... I liked how they paired the queens against each other. You know, it was their best duties, right? But one thing I did get was, I don't know if you have any opinions on this, they just had a colour to work with. There was no kind of concise idea of what they should be concocting, you know? Did you spot that? Funny that, I didn't pick up on that. Um, you've just opened my eyes. I think, yeah, I think... You know, whenever a ball or, like, a, a a design challenge is marching down the runway, there is that kind of cohesive theme. As much as there wasn't a theme, I think the freedom for them to create whatever they wanted, to stretch their imagination, their creativity, and really express themselves, I think that's... Surely that's, like, um, a positive. So, yeah, I think having the freedom to just run with it and do whatever you want and show the best that you can do, I think surely that should be a drag queen's dream. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've got a lot to get through, right, with this episode, and I know you have mm -hmm. a lot to say. So I'm going to start with the mini challenge, right? Ooh. In my opinion, I think they've. this is three out of three for Drag Race UK season two. I have loved every single mini challenge. Um, tell me, can you limbo? I don't know. I feel like... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I do have a flexible spine, but you know, I love to <laughs> I love to lower the bar, but I don't know if I could do it in heels and a big buffoon wig. So maybe we should just get <laughs> maybe we should just get a limbo and do a little experiment in the office or something. But no, as far as I know, I don't know how flexible I could go. I don't think well Veronica, who knew she could be Miss Bendy in that way? That gagged me. I know, because, you know, I expected it from Tace. I mean, looking at her, you know she's going to be bendy. But Veronica, I did not expect her to be toe-to-toe -to -toe with with her. I was gagged. I think Veronica is just all-round dark horse, full of surprises. We love to see it. 
Oh, I know. I mean, she came into her element last week, right? She killed that role. And this week, she kind of came out of her shell a lot more. I was loving Veronica. Well, she did warn us at the beginning where she was like, you're going to see more of it. Like, she's not she's not going back in the box. Like, she's out and she's going to commit drag murder, I think. Yeah, I mean, in the words of Jocelyn Fox, we've got our black horse of the season, you know? Okay, so on to the maxi challenge, right? So, obviously, Veronica and Tace got to pick the boxes um, for each queen, and RuPaul revealed that the queens this week were going to be competing in pairs, and they had to, you know, pick their best Judy. Um, Did you see these pairings coming from a mile off? I mean, Ahura and Tace, we knew that was going to happen, right? Yeah, I think... I think so. I think it was quite a balanced thing. And I think each queen, they kind of formed an alliance with the most like-minded queen to them. So I think, yeah, no gags or surprises on that front. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think with Ahura and Tay, she kind of knew that Ahura was going to beat her a little bit. One alliance I did not see forming, however, was Lawrence and Ellie Diamond, because obviously they've got that Scottish Queen versus Scottish Queen feud that the... I'm not sure if that's something that's actually a thing or if the producers are concocting that themselves, but I didn't see that alliance forming. What did you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I think obviously Scottish sisters coming together, we love to see that. (laughs) But then, yeah, I think maybe it was a little bit of producer fiddling, where it's like, you, because I think, you know, in the US thing, where they always pick their teams, and there's always that last remaining two queens standing, and it just feels really, mm-hmm. like, traumatising, and it takes you back to, like, you know... P.E. P.E. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I can't kick a ball, but, you know, I can do other things. <laughs> um... So I think it kind of felt like that moment. So I think it's yeah. kind of nice. Maybe the producers like, you know what? Just lump you together. And yeah, I think on the whole, each each pairing was balanced. It was it was fair. I didn't think it was fair starting ground to kind of compete against each other, I think. So later on, RuPaul obviously did his first walkthrough of the season and he gravitated towards a couple contestants in particular. Do you think he has his favourites? I, you know, I think RuPaul Charles definitely loves a freaky queen. He loves a freaky, kooky, zany kind of queen. We've seen that with Crystal Method. We've seen that, um, um, who else is a freak? I don't know. But yeah, I think what I saw was he gravitated towards Ginny and then Lawrence. So two of the freakiest, probably most comedic queens. So he definitely has a type, I think. What did you think about his parting advice for those queens in that moment Ginny's parting advice I mean come on uh, you're gonna go up to the freaky queen of the season you know that's her thing that's her shtick that's her drag persona right and you're gonna tell her that she needs to be sexier uh do you know what I feel like you know that inner saboteur that RuPaul keeps going on about I feel like the inner saboteur possessed RuPaul it was a very <laughs> sci-fi marvel kind of getting into the ether or the the brain whatever moment and she mm. became the inner saboteur i think and just kind of <laughs> dropped the wrong seeds in people's brains and poor jenny was left frazzled grabbed the prosthetic tits <laughs> and started bouncing up and down the wall up and down the workroom i was like chaos has been unleashed <laughs> i don't know where this is going <laughs> but We shall see how it ends. So I think, yeah, RuPaul, I think, was just being chaotic, (laughs) 
chaotic force. Honestly, I can't get that image out of Ginny sashaying around the workroom <laughs> with those bloody tits out of my head. <laughs> she grabbed the padding and the tits and she was off. <laughs> but do you know what? I love that about her. I love that she didn't fight it. You know, like past queens would be like, no, do you know what? This is what I do. All right. I've come here. I'm not going to change anything. But Ginny was like, do you know what? Yeah. Tits, pads, let me go for it. Right? It's one of those, like, tricky situations, like I keep saying, like, what do the judges actually want? And it's like, sometimes if you listen to them, it works out. Sometimes if you don't listen to them, it doesn't work out. So, I mean, kudos for Ginny for, you know, getting sexy. Yeah. And do you know what? I was getting deja vu vibes from this episode because, obviously, Ginny is trying something different, you know, every single time in the past, they tell a queen to try something different, she goes home that episode, right? We've seen it with Max, we've seen it with Dusty Ray Bottoms, you know, it happens all the time. Don't wear a silver wig, don't put dots on your face, you know, and then they go home. Um, So when Ginny confided in Bimini Bomboulash about her gender identity, um, she opened up to the world, I was like, right, that's it, she's gone, isn't she? She's gone. I think talking about that moment, I think in the past, I think in Drag Race, in the Drag Race universe, I think the non-binary discussion definitely was picked up by Gigi Good, I think, in season 12. And I think maybe Sasha Valor mentioned it a little bit with, like, fluidity and stuff. But I think for the BBC and, like, national UK broadcasting TV, I don't think we've ever had, like, an in-depth, emotionally nuanced conversation about the non-binary conversation identity. So I think that was, I think that was a really poignant moment that I think kind of educated a lot of us. Like even I spoke to myself and I was like, was I ignorant to not understand that the color yellow was that symbolic and, and represents a lot to that community. So I think, yeah, I think it was a really refreshing educational moment. And also I think, Seeing Ginny, who is that kind of kooky queen, and Bimini, who's more of a fashion queen, kind of coming together and sharing that moment. I think that was, yeah, I think it was a great, it was a great thing to see. I think that was kind of like the tone of the actual episode as a whole, if you want to get really deep about it, is that it was the fashion queens, and then it was the insecure queens that don't physically feel attractive or beautiful, and it was like them all kind of joining forces and sharing each other's triumphs and flaws and you know you know people think fashion is superficial but there's there's a lot to it and i and i love to see that for a moment yeah exactly i mean like you said on the bbc of all places i mean it's the biggest network here in the uk right to see two openly non-binary queens discussing their gender identities in such a beautiful way and honestly the bbc put the middle finger up to piers morgan or whatever that (laughs) Good morning. Whatever that good good morning Britain platform is, like it shut it down, and that's what I like to see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talking about the workroom and the conversations that were boiling and brewing, what did you think about the slight romantic nod between tastes and a horror? And that kind of being thrown under the bus in front of RuPaul. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think it it's a fun plot point we've got this season right um honestly from my in my opinion i don't think they've actually got anything going on in in the workroom that is i think they maybe they might have had a little bit of a something something outside of the show but i think they're just really good friends i mean what do you think do you think they're romantically entangled no i think i think what was 
really beautiful about the moment. I know we sound off on a horror all the time, but I think I think we're seeing a, a nicer, softer side to a horror. And I think also her having that friendship with taste outside of the workroom. I think it it gave a horror a moment of showing her supportive side and being a good Judy and helping a bitch so. So we love to yeah, see that. Yeah, that was cute. I mean, one interesting thing from this episode that I've n- I've never really thought about myself is that Ahura said she's blacklisted from the industry, the fashion industry, uh, because drag queens see her as a designer and designers see her as a drag queen. I mean, Uma, as someone who is within the fashion industry, right, you're our fashion editor, okay? Is this something that you've come across? Is this something you know a bit about? It was definitely interesting for her to be so vocal, and I love it. I love moments of really stripping this industry apart and talking about all the smokes and the mirrors and the true reality of it. Because I think as much as the fashion industry welcomes drag queens and queer culture and, you know, gender fucks it about and rides that fluid wave, whatever, I think there are a lot of, like, parameters and exclusivity clubs that are probably hard to penetrate. And then you have to, you know, kind of fit a certain mould or do a certain thing to be initiated in it and I think we've seen with queens like Miss Fame and Gigi Good who look like models who breathe like models and they can just they could and Violet Charchki like I think they could step onto a runway and it works like they belong to that world but I think what was interesting about Ahura she's talking about being a designer like actually creating these clothes and it was kind of opening up that conversation of like what's costume and what's high fashion and what is where is that taste mark and who decides it so I think that was kind of a it was a good opener to that kind of debate well we got to see Ahura's chops as a drag queen and a fashion designer on the runway which we will be discussing more after this break did you know that Gay Times Plus members get more from the world of Gay Times? I did not. Tell me more. They enjoy the full, uncensored episodes of Snatched. I mean, us uncensored sounds like trouble, but let's go. We're adding more benefits all the time, and the memberships are available anywhere in the world. And we love an international hunt. So make sure you sign up and join our growing community of LGBTQ plus people just like you. Learn more and sign up at gaytimesplus.com. That's gaytimesplus.com. Click, click. Welcome back. It's now time for The Runway. Uma, are you ready for the talking about The Runway? I am ready. I'm ready. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your tops of the week? Give me your three. Before we get into the contestants, I just want to talk about Jordan Dunn's look because okay i well it was jean paul gautier so she had me at that but i feel like she was giving me (laughs) she was giving me wicker woman (laughs) what do you think i didn't think much into it really i mean she looks gorgeous as she always does but i Mm -hmm. uh, i don't know i didn't i didn't i didn't think much of that that ensemble to be Quite honest. All right then, um, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was me trying to educate you on high fashion, honey. There's only so much you can lead the camel to the water, but is he going to drink it? I don't know. 
<laughs> Do you know what? If you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it all. I mean, I know that's not the case with you, you foul mouth bitch, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Jordan, I don't know, um, I didn't really I didn't really like it. I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there because you know, it yeah, just didn't really make an impression there. on me. It didn't make an impression on me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, so on the runway, I think okay, so I think a horror hands down was my fave. Like, she opened Pandora's black box and out of all of the leather, the mesh and PVC, I think she constructed something that was snatched, polished. You could walk down the runway in it, but also so accessible and so, just so well done. Like, the detail, the craftsmanship. And also pairing that up with the beret and the wig, I think she really... She really let her talent shine, and you kind of saw that in the workroom where she was like, "Okay, like, have you, have you opened the seam? Have you closed this? Have you done a pattern or whatever?" She was saying in terms of her method, methodology. <laughs> but I think seeing the end result, I was, I was, I loved to see. It. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, so was she your fave? Was she your your fave of the week then? Yeah, I think she was st- hands down my fave, and. No complaints. And also, Bimini. I really enjoyed Bimini's runway look. I think now that we're on week three, I think Bimini's done an amazing job to kind of show us her aesthetic and her reference point. So, like, even when she said, oh, this is like an homage to Vivian Westwood punk, I think that tied really well in with her Norwich look in week one. And then when she was Julia in episode, was she when was she? She was Julia in episode one as well. I think, all and then she was did the balloon look in week two. I think we're seeing a really strong aesthetic building with Bimini, and I think that was that was lovely to see. Yeah, do you know what? Day. I'm going to make a bold statement because you know me, I love a bold statement, right? I actually think Bimini is the fashion queen of the season. I mean, I love what Ahura did. I I really did. I thought it was gorge. But there's something really high fashion about what Bimini brings to that stage. I mean, last week, even with the balloons, you know, it was a bit of a failure. She still looked like an, a glamazon on that runway, you know? And this week she did the exact same thing for me. No, absolutely. I think Bimini gives me alien. She gives me extraterrestrial mm. fluid alien. And I think sometimes that is what fashion's about. We love it. Um, then... So who rounds out your top three? So yeah, Bimini, Ahura. And then if if it, if we wanted to have a menage a trois, I think maybe... Ooh, I don't know. I, see, this is the thing. I think taste looked amazing, but it was repetitive. So I think she's out of the running in terms of my top three. I think maybe Sister Sister, I think. I enjoyed the ruching. So those were my top threes, but who were your t- bottom threes? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. You're, you're, project- you're projecting a negativity onto me. All right, okay. My bottom threes. <laughs> Ginny Lemon. Um, right, you you know I love Ginny Lemon, right? But that, uh, what she <laughs> what she put on that stage. Uh, I, I, what would you compare it to, Umar? I know you've got a few comparisons. I mean, for once, my words and comparisons dried up. Um, 
it was it was just it was a unique experience, I think. Yeah. And I think I mean she did a Derek Berry with the eyebrows where she's like I'm really gonna do something dramatic here. And um I think when she was walking down the runway, I think RuPaul even in his head was like, What have I what have I created? <laughs> like what what have I done in terms of turning Ginny into kind of like a she was the mean girl's mum, I think. A mum on oh, a hen. Amy Polar. Yeah, she was she was Amy Polar a mean girls, wasn't she? Mm. Yeah. She was like, well, it, it was like a hen do at Benidorm and the mum's invited <laughs> to hang around with the Chinese hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, she did look beautiful. She she did look gorgeous. Um, I love the colour scheme. You know me, I, what I'm like for bright colours. Bloody loved it. I thought she looked gorgeous in the face. I mean, the tits were great. But it was the outfit. What was that? It, it didn't have a vision, you know? I think speaking of lack of vision, I think, okay, so I think Ginny gave a hundred effort and maybe 10% delivery. Whereas I think, no, that comparison doesn't work. So I think Estina gave 10 effort and 10 delivery. Um, I think Estina for me, as much as Ginny was a hot mess, I think, so disappointed to, to see Estina come out in just a tennis skirt and a top and a blinged out choker. I think that was the biggest disappointment, I think. Then I feel like Estina had a vision. I don't think Ginny really had a vision. You know, she, she had a, a look in her mind, you know, anime. Um, I can't remember what her exact words were, but I think she was going for some kind of anime kind of... Um, video game character again, just like her Mortal Kombat look. And Tia, right. Tia, 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 Tia. Yeah, I didn't like the look. But again, a vision. I just think Ginny didn't have a vision this week. Do you want to talk to RuPaul about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly he did not, he did not agree. She did not agree because I think when it came to the bottom two, Ginny narrowly escaped and it was a steena yeah, well, and Ripple felt responsible How do you feel about didn't that? he felt responsible for getting her up in this you know glamorous gig he was like do you know what i've caused this mayhem i've caused this madness do you know what i'm gonna save her he was like i've created drag's version of the frankenstein monster let's rewind <laughs> let's rewind time and forget it ever happened Ginny, Ginny lemon if you're listening to this i'm so so sorry i really <laughs> oh we love Ginny. we love Ginny. I think Estina and Tia are left in the bottom two. But just moments before that deliberation is given, we have that moment in Untucked, where it's actually Lawrence Cheney who wins the challenge. So how did you, A, feel about the win, and B, the aftermath with a horror? Right, I thought Lawrence actually looked really good. I think Lawrence and Ellie's pairing was the only one where it was like, oh, it could go to either one. So I didn't, oh, I don't know if I disagreed with Lawrence's win, you know, because she did look polished and I loved the colour, but was it enough to win the challenge? I mean, oh, I didn't think so. <laughs> she was pissed. Yeah, I think, I think for the first time ever in a design challenge, I think it was based on the design. I don't think it was based on the queens as models or how well they looked in the looks. I think it was literally based on craftsmanship. And yeah, Lawrence 
did turn a box of crap into something. So, but then again, I think Ahura, I think Ahura should have taken the win. And I think with her reaction in the Untucked situation, I think it was, I think it was justified. I think it was just her really wanting it Mm. and then entering a phase of like, insecurity and self-doubt and not getting the validation she kind of deserved in that moment and i think in typical horror fashion i think her guards went up and then her guns came out and she was like tea is trash and i think in that moment i don't think that was genuine hate or genuine anger towards tea i think it was just a horror unleashing that um disappointment within herself so i think that's gonna be i think that's gonna be a moment that's gonna follow a horror round in the season yeah i mean we saw horror you know her soft side again in untucked you know when she was like i was never gonna throw taste under the bus and i you know i think everyone warmed up to her and then obviously her insecurities came out and she came for tia who i think she's coming for tia because you know she's she was voted baroness basic and she's probably projecting her insecurities onto her because she thinks that she because she's not doing well you know so then Lawrence has got the win, her first maxi challenge of the series. And our bottom three queens of the week are Ginny Lemon, Tia Coffee, and Astina Mandela. Which we kind of saw coming, right? Those three. But then did you see the twist that Ginny would be safe from elimination? Oh, it's a hard one. I think... No, I think, okay, obviously I think Estina was disappointing in terms of what she's capable of. And I think I've gone on a little Instagram stalk on Estina and I think she's definitely capable of bringing so much more to the table. So I think, yeah, in the idle world, I think Ginny and Tia would have been in the bottom two. But again, it's all down to RuPaul and I think RuPaul does have that kind of, I think he loves to see a kooky, freaky queen develop and give us that comedy gold and i think unfortunately astina hasn't really shown that much comedy um up until this point so i think yeah i think he couldn't he couldn't eliminate Ginny and tia this early on in the competition um so umar when it came time for tia and astina to lip sync i tell you i was crapping myself because they're two of my favorite queens in the whole competition And in all honesty, I thought Tia was going to get the chop because as we've seen throughout the series, Estina, you know, she's been boasting about her performance skills, right? So we know we're in for a legendary lip sync. Did she live up to expectations for you in that lip sync, Estina Mandela? Oh, I know I had to watch it at least three times because I feel like the whole thing was just discombobulating. I didn't know... I just didn't know where it was going to land. And I feel like um, if you divide the screen in two, I think Estina performed amazingly. I think she had choreo. She hit the notes. And she gave me she gave me what I wanted. But I think what kind of... It was, it, it was a hard one because I think as soon as Tia made RuPaul laugh, I think Tia kind of snagged it in the bag in that moment because I think RuPaul is looking for the comedy factor. And I think, like I said before in previous podcasts, I feel like the lip sync has to be an equal balance of two queens hitting it in the same ferocity. And I don't, I didn't see that in this lip sync. I think Tia made RuPaul laugh. And I think Estina, unfortunately, even though she was hitting her mark and she was amazing, it came across maybe a little bit rehearsed, a little bit too 
choreographed. When it comes to the lip sync, I think RuPaul is looking for that spontaneity and that craziness and that wildness. And I think, unfortunately, Estin didn't deliver that in that performance. However, I would have given this scene the win just because of talent. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I would have given Estina the win. I think she she beat Tia just a little bit for me. Like you said, Tia was funny. She made me laugh, especially when she did her bendy thing, thingy-majiggy. I loved that bit. But Estina was just hitting every single beat. It was just... It was a great lip sync. It was a great lip sync. Yeah, and I, de I definitely feel like for a Dua Lipa iconic song, I feel like... I think both of them could have pushed it a little bit more. They could have shown a bit of variation. But what I did like about the lip sync was their little duo moment. So when they were kind of riffing off each other, I think that was a sweet moment. I thought it, it could possibly a double, be a double Shantae, but unfortunately it just didn't pan out that way. Yeah. I mean, did you see the rest of the contestants' faces when Rue announced that Tia was staying? They were gobsmacked. That was definitely a goop moment. Because I think all throughout the episode, it was that dichotomy of like, oh, the fashion queens not using their full, you know, the fashion body queens not using their full potential. Then the quirky, kooky queens trying to do something different. And I think Tia and Estina kind of representing both ends of that spectrum in the finale moment. And then I think the fact that they went to Tia caught everyone off guard. I think everyone was gooped. And it was just, it wasn't an awkward moment, but it was a bit like, oh my God, like someone's killed, someone's killed a nan in the room or something. It just got very tense. And I think even <laughs> Tia, I think even Tia got a bit um, <laughs> shocked right here when she was like, do I deserve this win? Like what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, I think everyone was flabbergasted. Even even Tia herself. And I think Estina handled it with a lot of grace and dignity, which I think was really nice. Oh, yeah. I think her reassuring Tia, being like, no, well done. Like, you deserve this. Don't feel bad about it. I think, yeah, I think Estina came across really, really graceful in that moment. So even though it was sad to see her go, what can you do? It's all down to RuPaul. Yeah. When I spoke to Estina, I said to her, I said, look, Estina, I think this was one of the most gracious exits we've ever seen on that main stage. You know, we've had 13 US seasons, we've had five All-Stars, we've had, this is two UK seasons now, a Canada's Drag Race. But that for me was just the most, the most like royal kind of way, you know, she's a queen. That was the most royal way you can um, leave the competition. So I spoke to Estina and I spoke to her about that exit. And here is what she had to say. Hi, Estina. How are you? I'm fab, babe. I am. I'm just like on top of the world for some reason. It's really great. I'm really just happy and smiley. I mean, that episode was. I mean, in the words of Tina Mandela, rude, rude, so bloody rude. Um, yeah, it was. Do you know what? I I mean, I knew it's it was happening. I mean, I we filmed this back in March. So I knew exactly what was happening. I was waiting for everyone to see it, but it's funny to see the reaction from everyone. I'm just like, okay. Everyone's just like, it's, do you know what? It's exactly what the show is. It's exactly what I remember watching from the show from like the first season all the way down to now. It's the gaggery, it's the goop, it's the, the gore, the gumption, the temerity. It's all of that. It's just like, I can't believe it. And um, yeah, what an episode. I mean, to the surprise of no one, fans have hailed this as one of the most shocking eliminations in 
history. Really? Um, I mean, come on now. That was just like said, the gumption, the goopery, like Go- what? the gag, the gall, the gumption. It's a lot. It's a real gag. Like I remember, even like my favorite bit is there's a picture of um me and Tia on the runway, and then you just see all the queens at the back like this. <laughs> it's my favorite image I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, so what has it been like for you to see that level of support from fans on social media? It's been overwhelming. Um, it's just like, because I remember like I, like how I remember coming off that stage and I remember being crying my eyes out. And I was just like, I felt at the time when we did this, I'd let myself down. I was just like, and everyone was telling me, you haven't, you've done really proud. And I was like, I feel proud, but at the end of the day, I know what I'm capable of. So I remember feeling really down. And then to see all the love and support and all the messages and everyone's just like, I'm so proud of you. You've, I'm so proud that you're unapologetically you. Everything you've done on that shrine, I'm so proud of you. You should be proud of yourself. And this is from people all over the world, from Mexico to Birmingham to Luxembourg to Canada. Like, I'm just like so thankful and so overwhelmed by all the support because the love I felt when I was there was not the love I felt I'm receiving now, even though that's the love I was receiving. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's really um, I'm ju- I'm just touched. I'm just literally touched, honored, and blessed that I've got to showcase myself. And the more that I can give, you know, you can see that off the show on my Instagram. Um, and just all the love, like you know, we put ourselves on the map, and we literally are just going, "This is me," and we're stripping ourselves really down for everyone to see. So the love that I'm getting is um, it's overwhelming, and I'm so honored. So who did you have planned for Snatch Game, Estina? You can tell me, by the way. Joe and Cherry told me, so I'm I'm, I'm dying to find out. So I was going to do Cherry Valentine, but I'm joking, no. Um, so I had <laughs> I had a few... I, I was going to do Cherry Valentine. <laughs> oh, first of all, can I just point out, Cherry's laugh and Cherry's entrance to season... Um, season her entrance was my favourite thing of all time. When she bumps her head, I freaking live. And Joe Black is just an icon, um, and I love them to pieces. So Snatch Game, I had a few... A few, a few planned, but um, mainly I was going to do either, um, what's her face, Mel B, because yeah. scary spice, yeah, um, she's from Leeds, my drug mother's from Raven, my dad is from Leeds, so um, I was going to do Leeds, love that was her, and then the second one I had, Ricky Thompson. Oh, okay, of oh, the model. The model, yeah, the one who was just like PSA on the pan, really extra, so I had that, and then my third one, which would have been, because I, I look like her. Um, and also would have been nice and controversial was Azealia Banks. <gasps> oh, that so, would have been. Yeah, and I remember um, when we were doing my, when I was doing my, uh, what's it called, audition tape. And I was like, who am I going to do for Snatch Game? And I was like, okay, let me just do Azealia Banks. And I put on a white jumper um, from the Fierce video, I think, no, 212. And then I put my hair in bunches and I went, yeah, this, yeah, mm, this is scary. Because first of all, I really look like her. Like I took the picture. I don't know where the picture's gone because you know the internet and the cloud just doesn't work. And I was like, this is really creepy. I really look like her. And she's just very controversial, even though like her music is just amazing. Because the gays love it and I love it. But then she's so controversial. And I was like, you know what? It's quite a nice way to play it. And also she's not funny, but what she says makes you piss because she just says some stupid things. Oh my god, you're telling me we missed that golden TV moment of Astina being a senior banks. I am fuming. I'm fuming. Cause I yeah. feel imagine <laughs> imagine Astina just rolling out 
Azalea's wheelhouse of classic quotes. Like you have, she could have brought a chicken. She could have bought. <laughs> she could have sacrificed a chicken on that <laughs> snatch panel. She could have. Well, we're not going to talk about the boiling of the cat because it's a very controversial topic. Um, <laughs> she she could have just come for the queens. I think the shade would have been lethal. I'm fuming. I'm fuming. And also, I think I think that's quite a, a nice point she referenced in terms of representation, especially for the black community and for the black queens, because I think her and Tace pretty much are the only black queens in this cast and obviously Tia's mixed race as well so I think yeah I think it's sad to see such a strong force within that community who represents a lot and I think Estina when you kind of deep dive into her Instagram like you see how like community spirit she is she's very family orientated so yeah it's a shame to see that go because I think she had so much more to deliver yeah I mean she was only on three episodes, right? But she showed us exactly who Estina Mandela is. She did the damn thing, right? And to be honest, she's going to go down in her story as one of the all-time greats. And I can't wait to see when she sashays back into that workroom for All Stars, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is, it'll be next year at this rate anyway, you know? No, 100%. I think um, if there's ever a cross-Atlantic crossover of, like, UK versus US or All-Stars International or something. I think she's definitely... She's definitely a contender for that. And I think, also, it's going to be so beautiful to see, like, now she's she's making such a strong mark, like you said, and if she takes these three weeks, she's got a following now, and I think if she just delivers this energy on her platforms and hopefully when the clubs open up again and she performs and delivers authentic Estina to the extreme, I think she's onto a golden career. Yep, we love Estina Mandela and I can't wait to see what she brings in the future. Um, if you want to hear the full 20-minute interview in which she spills all the tea on her Snatch Game plans, her controversial exit, and what she thinks about her fellow contestants, trust us guys, there's a lot in this interview. You can sign up to Gay Times Plus now. On next week's episode, the top nine queens will present in their own daytime magazine show, Morning Glory. <gasps> we love a morning glory. Rue, Michelle and Alan Carr will be joined by the queen of British daytime television, Lorraine Kelly. Or put the wee haggis in the oven, love. Once again, thank you for joining Umar and I on Snatched. We'll have more unfiltered tea next week from the fourth eliminated queen. Umar, say adios. 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 Snatched is a Gay Times original podcast. Subscribe and listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you're following at Gay Times on all major social media platforms for the latest LGBTQ news, culture, and entertainment. Loved this episode of Snatched? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Finally, make sure you check out Gay Times Plus, our membership platform for everyone in our community. And remember, you can find more information at gaytimesplus.com. <laughs>